fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Super Bowl 53 is set. I know one person on this show is probably not going to be very happy about that. This is your Fantasy Football Today podcast. It is Tuesday, January 22nd, two days after the AFC and NFC Championship Games. We have the Patriots and the Rams going to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, not the Chiefs. Sorry for you, Heath Cummings. How are you? Uh, how are you holding up two days later? Oh, I was fine until you started talking about it. <laughs> I, uh, now you know, all the feelings come rushing I, back. I uh, I watched the Celtics play last night. Mm-hmm. I've been I've written two fantasy baseball articles this morning. I haven't even been thinking about it. It's perfectly fine. Haven't been thinking about D Ford being that, like six inches off. If he even was, we never actually saw an angle that was down the line on that. Mm. That's true. We also saw a very strange roughing the passer uh, penalty on Tom Brady, where somebody just. Did a John Cena in front of his eyes? And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is funny because we hear so much in the NBA about how the Warriors have ruined the NBA because everybody just knows that every year the Warriors are going to the finals mm-hmm. and nobody else has a chance in the NBA. It's been t- 20 years of this with the Patriots. This is their ninth Super Bowl under uh, under the Belichick-Brady reign. The first one, ironically enough, was in 2002 when the Patriots beat the Rams 20-17. to uh, Tom Brady was the MVP of that game. This will be the third year in a row that the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. They are one and one in their last two. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how this all unfolds. I'm sure the Saints, uh, talking about some bad calls are probably not thrilled. The Rams beat the Saints 26-23. Both games went to overtime. We'll break down all those games, uh, as we go throughout the course of the show. I'm Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings. We are, uh, Taking the ship one more time from Adam Azer, who will be back, uh, I believe, one week uh, from yesterday. So he will be on our, not our next show, but the uh, following show after that. Uh, but what we're going to do today, we're going to go through the AFC and NFC Championship games. We're going to look at the winningest players from 2018. I know a lot of you guys like when we talk about that list and the players who contributed to the most playoffs, the most championships, uh, the most successful seasons from the 2018 season. And we will answer your emails. Dave, any thoughts on uh, what you saw with the games before we get to it in, in a little bit? They were fun as hell. You know, I know the results. If you're a Saints fan, you're probably even angrier than Heath is right now. But it's uh, they were very entertaining games. And we we were hoping that they were coming because the playoffs were really crappy until this week, past weekend. So happy that we had some, some great games and some great moments. And some Yeah, I, I think that makes a good point that the games were phenomenal the endings to both games were anti did not live up to what the rest of the game had been well, right you one was mired in ridiculous controversy and the sure. other one just brought up the whole overtime issue right again. you would have liked to see the chiefs have a chance to maybe tie or you know obviously I don't, you know, as, as the overtime would have unfolded maybe win like i know nobody likes or football fans are not supposed to like soccer but i don't know why they can't just have the same overtime that soccer does or college have it well, college is, is a little wonky with the start the ball at the 25, but why not just have, just play a quarter? If it's tied, play another quarter. If it's still tied, then you can go set it death. Sure. What if, well, they can't do that in the regular season because they want to get these games no. over with, but in the playoffs, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. What if it's where if you score a touchdown and convert two, the game's over? If you score a touchdown and kick the extra point, the other team still gets a chance. You're still so determining the really game by like, a coin flip. Okay. I, I don't think basis. it's necessarily determined by a coin flip. Like, I, I don't have a, a major problem with the way OT rules are right now. 
Uh, listen, I, I go to the NFL owners meetings every year. I'm, I'll be there again this year. I'm sure it'll be uh, something for the competition committee that, uh, you know, Dave, you've been. Can a you few get times in too. that room maybe and say something? <laughs> yes. Uh, Give him my idea. Uh, I'll sneak in and say, uh, soccer, uh, soccer over here. Um, so uh, I want to start with a quick email here. Um, this comes to us from Andrew from a city in northwest Iowa. Dave? I don't know where Sioux City is, but okay. we'll say it's We'll say Sioux Iowa. City, Iowa. So Andrew from Sioux City, Iowa. Hello, Johnson, Holmes, Hunt, it's and Sioux Charles. Falls, Sioux Falls, Iowa. Excuse me. Those are Chiefs running backs. Those are Chiefs running backs. Larry, Priest, Kareem, and Jamal. I'm in a three-player. Sioux City. I was right. I'm time. in a three-player keeper non-PPR league. So a three-player three-player keeper non-PPR league. And Andrew's in a pickle. Who does he keep? His lineup is two wide receivers, one running back, and one flex. And here are his choices. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, Doug Baldwin, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey. You can only keep three of those guys. So Le'Veon, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, Doug Baldwin, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey. And Andrew uh, did say that he won the title last year for the second year in a row. He does not have to give up any draft picks later in the draft, but he does not get, uh, he does pick last for the first three rounds uh, in the snake draft. So, which of those three guys would you consider keeping? Well, you can't do all three of the running backs. Or you can't pick. There's four running backs here. You can't pick three of them because you can only start one and a flex. I think Kelsey's got – is there no tight end? He didn't list a tight Did end either, so tight Kelsey end. would have to be the flex. Right, unless it's – he just didn't indicate it, but it could be wide receiver, tight end. But I'm going to assume no. This is a little tricky because of those rules. I think Gurley's got to be in there. I think that goes without saying. And I, I think I would go Gurley, Connor, Keenan Allen. In non-PPR, just to keep the one receiver? I think so. I think I'd go, I think I'd go Gurley, Connor, Kelsey. Gurley, Connor, Kelsey. So you guys are now, I, I think if I had it correctly, you had Bell over Connor though. Yeah, but this is a you're, keeper you're, league. You're so if, if I can keep Connor for long term, I'll take him over. I'll, you have to get out of your mind long term. Whenever we get keeper questions, you always Why? go this. Just it's most, the most of them, unless, most of them, unless they keeper. indicate to us though, it's usually one year. So keeping for one season. So, uh, all right. So you're going Gurley, Connor, and Kelsey. Kelsey, you're going Gurley, Connor, Allen. Gurley, Connor, Allen. I'm going to go Gurley, Connor, and I may go Le'Veon, even though I'm not thrilled. Well, let's see where he ends and up. And if it's strictly a thing where you can only keep these players for one year, that's it. Then put Bell in over Connor. For okay. Me. All right. So the reason I brought this email up is because I, I think the perception that we have when we go through the playoffs, maybe not us per se, but a lot of people that play fantasy and, and maybe watch the playoffs of the Super Bowl and then don't watch or don't care about football until they come to their draft is the perception that you're left with. We get this at the end of the regular season. We get this in the playoffs. And Gurley is coming off a struggling situation for the last couple of games following the injury, whereas Damian Williams is coming off monster performances. Now, Gurley did say he was healthy. Uh, there was some question about this. Is knee bothering him? And he, he said that I was sorry as hell today talking about his performance. And he did say that C.J. Anderson was playing better. So he wanted C.J. Anderson to continue doing the work. Gurley in the championship game, four carries, 10 yards, and a touchdown, one catch on three yards. Damian Williams in his championship game, 10 carries for 30 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 66 yards, and two touchdowns on eight targets. He closed the season on a, just an absolute tear, 100 yard, total, total yards or a touchdown in each of his last seven games, including the playoffs. So we've talked about this quite a bit. If Gurley has competition, not necessarily in terms of role, but in terms of somebody taking touches away, like C.J. Anderson, like we've seen the last couple of games. And on the positive side, if Damian Williams is the guy, has he now elevated himself to a point where we have to consider him 
first 36 overall picks? And in terms of Gurley, do we have to now downgrade him to maybe closer to number five as opposed to number one? I want to tackle Damian Williams first because it's it's a little more fun, a little more upbeat. That's the positive side, sure. I don't don't see what he's done in these last seven games in a row, you said, James? Where he's had a hundred uh, I, I believe so. Something like that. Six he's or seven. been on fire. Where he doesn't deserve a chance to be their lead back going into 2019. As long as they don't spend big capital, free agency money, one of their, a top 100 draft pick, so someone outside of the first three rounds on a quality running back, I think he's going to have that job again. And he should. He's been great. And I don't know about top 36. I think he might be more like top 24. So top two. Yeah, I mean, we did see him in one of our and drafts. And I think if, if we're drafting, I'm sorry, Jamie. I think no. if we're drafting now, he's got to be a second round pick. And you don't feel the same way. I don't feel the same way. He was awesome in this game. And I, I think he is top 36 if they don't spend a top 100 pick or add a free agent that you were concerned about. I think they're the most likely situation is we have a really tough decision to make because they spend a third round pick on a running back. Right. And it's a guy we're kind of excited about, but we don't know for sure if he's a starting NFL running back. And we're going to go through the same thing we did with Hunt and Ware in the and William, two years ago. Williams probably won't have that injury that Ware did, and so it's going to be a little bit messy, possibly. But no, he he. This game was further convincing that he deserves a shot. Absolutely, he does. And we could be looking at a situation where Damian Williams is somewhere between twentieth and thirtieth overall because. As much as we love how he played, it makes sense for the Chiefs to add another running back. They can't go into next year with Daryl Williams and Spencer Ware behind them. They'd want to get somebody sure. with a little more juice and probably healthier knees. It's just the way that it is at running back in the NFL. Teams are constantly refreshing that so, position. So you get to pick 24, and Damian Williams, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes are all there. <laughs> they won't be. I probably <laughs> took a running back in the first round. There's no I'm way Kelsey's probably, going to 24. Yeah, Mah- I'm Mah- probably going to. Yeah, if Kelsey's there, Mah- I'm taking Kelsey. Mah- Mahomes, Mahomes will be there. In our drafts, maybe not most, most <laughs> I, standard I, drafts. Now, Gurley, on the other hand, uh, again, the injury is probably a factor for how he's been performing. He was good against Dallas, obviously, with whatever the conditioning issues that he was working through, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. C.J. Anderson just happened to be better. Are we now going to downgrade Todd Gurley from what should be the consensus number one overall pick to maybe two, maybe three, maybe four or five. Who knows, uh, depending on how it all shakes out with guys in comparison of that range, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, maybe one of the two, one of potential two or three receivers. The, the, what, the decision for me will be third or fourth. Cause I think, if, I think Barkley and Elliott are going to be one and two that you're, you're already making that. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I think it comes down to Gurley and McCaffrey and it comes down to like, what do we hear? I don't really. And I don't, I'm not calling Todd Gurley a liar. I'm not calling the Rams liars. I don't believe he's fully healthy. It may be a situation where he's not right, right. but he is healthy. I would not be, like, none of us would be surprised if he had his knee scoped in the sure. next 60 days. Or drained or, or, or something. Or some, right. We find right. out there's something exactly. that just wasn't right. But I, like, I think there's a decent chance CJ Anderson, somebody like that's going to be there with him. And one of the great things about Todd Gurley over the last two years is that he didn't have to share. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to share a little bit that I'm putting behind Barkley and Zeke and McCaffrey's one that's going to be tough. You there also? I'm, I, I've thought about it with Saquon, and I think I can do something like that where I just go, you know what? I know that Saquon Barkley's not going to share. Or if he does share, it's going to be three or four carries. Sure. And Zeke too. I mean, Zeke's not going to share. I think if Gurley does have some sort of procedure in the next 60 days like Heath is talking about, that will 
that will make the Rams want to take some load off of him. Sure. And just in terms of if, you know, who knows, CJ Anderson is playing himself now into a contract. If he has another big game in the Super Bowl, by contract, I mean with another team, you know, he is a year removed from a thousand yards rushing, you know, hopefully he's in better shape by the time next off season comes, he can end up with a job somewhere, especially with all the Sean McVay disciples around the league that may be wanting just to get a piece of what this Rams mm-hmm. offense is. And if they do decide to bring him back, then that speaks to, we trust him enough that we can, Spell Gurley a little bit. Remember Gurley now, this is two playoff runs for him uh, in back-to-back years. Last year, only one game, but this year, uh, a significant run. So we'll see how it all unfolds for Gurley. But yeah, it's something to consider. And again, I think a lot of people look at what the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all those things, and that kind of stays fresh in your mind. Right now, Gurley is on a downswing. I think if he's coming off monster performances, we probably are not having this conversation, even if C.J. Anderson is doing what he's doing. All right, let's get to some news and notes. Uh, Our colleague Pete Prisco Drink is at the Senior Bowl. He spoke with 49ers General Manager John Lynch. Lynch told Pete that Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon should be ready for the start of offseason workouts. Garoppolo suffered a torn ACL in week three at Kansas City last year. Jarek McKinnon did not make it to week one. He suffered the torn ACL right before the start of the season. So uh, with Garoppolo, I believe in the PPR draft we did a few weeks ago, the first draft we did following the end of the season, uh, he was drafted as a number one quarterback. Do you guys have any interest in maybe moving him up into that range if we find out by training camp he's healthy? No. There's just... There are too many other quarterbacks that I like better. Only if the Antonio Brown to San Francisco right. news okay, becomes that's fair. If that happens, then yes. He's probably a top eight or nine guy. Yeah, but that would certainly for help. For now, I'm going to leave around 15. If he has uh, Marquise Goodwin and Antonio Brown, Dante Pettis, we'll see what they do with Pierre Garçon and, uh, you know, I, I think. Georgie Kittle. Uh, and obviously George Kittle. And McKinnon at the backfield. First off, our, our thoughts and prayers to the uh, Goodwin family for what they dealt with last year, losing uh, two twins. That's just awful. Uh, second year in a row, they've lost um, uh, a child. So um, just a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah. But hopefully that uh, Marquise Goodwin's okay, his family's okay. And, uh, again, we are, are thinking of you from what we do in our little part of the world. Uh, Jared McKinnon, can he creep back into the number two running back range? Last year he was borderline number one guy at one point. Uh, I know I was very high on him. Um, any interest in him if he's 100% healthy for training camp? I'm worried about his workload because I think the 49ers – uh, will probably pair him with somebody else. He might be the, well, the, probably the guy that gets the most. Sure. If, assuming is healthy and his ankle can hold up, but you're probably looking at around, he, he's going to be one of the running backs with 15 touch potential, may not work at the goal line, will catch a lot of passes, will be a top four. And we player. had that one email last week about the Packers running backs versus the 49ers running backs. And Heath, you said you'd rather have the 49ers guys, right? I think I said I'd rather have the Packers. You I'm Packers not sure. Guys? Oh, yeah, I'm, I was a Packers guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to, both of them are going to be valuable, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be more McKinnon's a, a high inflex, Breed is a low inflex, and then one of those guys is going to get hurt on a semi weekly. <laughs> well, I mean, look, McKinnon did make it through the 2017 season relatively unscathed when they needed him with, uh, with Dalvin Cook going down. So we'll see. Again, I think you look at the system. That was why I was very high on McKinnon sure. and, and, and the system for Kyle Shannon has been great. Uh, ESPN reports that multiple teams are interested in Kareem Hunt and Bears coach, who was the former Chiefs office coordinator, Matt Nagy said he would be uh, interested in a reunion with Hunt. Um, that would probably be bad for uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen if that happens, but we'll see. And what this, how this all unfolds. The NFL Network said the length of Hunt's suspension will be determined before the start of free agency. So let's just assume at minimum it's a six-game suspension. If he does sign somewhere, where do you think he will start to come off the board? I believe, Dave, you took him uh, around nine or ten. I think, yeah, in the last draft. I think I'll, I'll he'll. Check that right now. I think once he actually gets picked to a team, he'll go earlier. Than you took that. him around eleven, so okay, right. I'm I'm thinking he would be a a uh, 
Like a round seven, round eight type pick. Even with a six-game suspension? Even with the six-game suspension, I think someone will... Uh, round eight. Let's call it round eight. A hard pass. Not uh, going to have any piece of... Because he's not in the Andy Reid system? Well, he's not in Andy Reid system. Or personal. And he's... Well, I think that's that's a justifiable <laughs> reason, too. But also, I think the bigger issue is, if he signs with the team, they know they have to have a starting running back for six weeks. Especially if it's the Bears. He's not getting 20 touches a game for the Bears, sure. probably. Um, so I, I think, I don't think there's a very likely situation where he sits out the first six to eight weeks of the season and then he's a workhorse back for the second half of the season. No, but it could be a, a I'm just, you know, thinking out right now, but like the Jets, for example, where you have an unsettled backfield, for example, with Crowell and, and McGuire and, you know, clearly if he comes in with fresh legs, again, personal stuff aside, football wise, he could easily take over that backfield. So there are some teams I think that could be looking to acquire somebody that, as we saw, uh, Damian Williams being the best example, you know, fresh legs at the end of the season could be fantastic for a running back and their fantasy value. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on throughout the course of the offseason. We don't have to spend a lot of time on these notes, but I'll, I'll just say them and I'll ask you guys some questions if you feel free to incline to comment. Uh, Alex Smith was spotted at Monday's Wizards Pacers game with a giant brace on his right leg. We know that he broke his leg and some complications with infections following the surgery. Uh, do you anticipate Washington having a new quarterback this season? Yeah. I don't, I don't like yeah. saying yeah to that, but yeah. Yeah, I do too. It's uh, going to be interesting to see what they do. The Cowboys part ways with offense coordinator Scott Linehan, Scott Linehan, excuse me. Uh, Jason Garrett could call plays. Does this change anything for you on Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, or status quo? It could actually get better for all three of them. If Jason Garrett's calling the plays? Well, or if, if it's Kellen if, if Moore, anybody or John other than Kidna, Scott or... Linehan is calling the plays. If it's Garrett, then I don't think it changes anything. If it's almost literally any other person that's ever worked in the NFL, I'd be a little more excited. <laughs> okay. I think they're talking about promoting their tight ends coach, which just tells me that they're going to keep the playbook and just have a different person. Yeah, I think a lot of people are talking Kellen Moore, too, and, and John Kitna just joined the staff as a quarterback's coach. A lot of people are actually saying, why don't they go sign Tony Romo to be their offensive coordinator? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, but Romo had an unbelievable uh, game against uh, in calling the the Chiefs uh, Patriots game. The Titans promoted tight ends coach Arthur Smith to offense coordinator. He's replacing Matt LaFleur. Um, I don't think anything's going to change with the main guys, but uh, I'll go back to a conversation we've had previously. When tight ends coach get a tight ends coach gets promoted, does that help Delaney Walker, John Smith? Maybe just what their outlook could be. Most likely Walker, obviously. Coming Theoretically, back it, it could help them. Uh, I don't really know a lot about Arthur Smith. He's been an assistant with the Titans through different regimes. I think he's this is now his third head coach that he's worked under. Well, that's interesting. Um, that tells me that they're going to keep the West Coast offense that they've had and. They're just having a different guy call the plays. It. I don't think this is ideal for Tennessee. I, I, my guess is this isn't exactly the, what they want. Sorry, go ahead. I'll be excited about Johnu if Delaney retires. But if Delaney's there, I kind of feel like they're both going to play, and neither of them is going to be. They'll be one of them will be a top twelve guy, but not somebody I'm going to target. It's somebody yeah. That's I, I, I think Delaney's probably the safer one, just based on track record if he's healthy. Um, and and again, just in comparing, the Browns. Took a basically no-named offensive coach and made him now their head coach in Freddie Kitchens, you know. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have the pedigree of being a, an offense coordinator That's to really call good plays. Point. Uh, Cameron Braid had surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip. He's expected to be ready by June for the start of minicamp, and we'll see what his uh, impact is on the Bucks. They are anticipating bringing him back. We kind of said that that might be the case. They may move on from him, which could obviously still happen as well. I got it, or we got an interesting email from uh, Glenn. And he wants to know if any of us are going to the Pro Bowl. Yes, Glenn, I will be there. And Glenn is going to the Pro Bowl. He used the promo code in SeatGeek to get great Pro Bowl tickets. He's flying down from Western Canada with his two boys who are huge NFL and fantasy football fans. And Glenn loves listening to the podcast. Glenn, thank you very much for listening. I'll reach out to you via email. And 
you gave us a good segue. Let's talk about SeatGeek because we love SeatGeek. It's a great way to save money. And by the way, if you want to take $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase, just download the app and use the code FFT. That's code FFT for $10 off your first purchase. Like Glenn, you can use SeatGeek for all kinds of tickets. NBA, NHL, MLB is just around the corner with spring training. You can get concert tickets and more. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites, grades every ticket based on value, saves you time and saves you money, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. Remember, you can save 10 bucks. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Let's get to the NFC Championship game. Rams win 26-23 in overtime. Any controversy with that game? <laughs> no? Okay, so we'll move on. Yeah, we, we've, we've got an update from uh, Darren Ravel. Okay. Uh, attorney Frank D'Amico has filed a civil suit in New Orleans on behalf of Saints season ticket holders to make the right call and bring both teams back to replay the end of the game. Yeah, I'm sure that will, uh, yeah, that will happen. That. Um, we have a, uh, a coworker, Stan Januska, whose brother-in-law is Mike Westoff. And I, I spoke to Stan this morning and he said, Mike is just crushed. He's the special teams coach for the Saints. Uh, just, just, you know, you feel for those guys mm-hmm. having to lose a game that way. Uh, I, I think you look at it as, um, some of the play calling at the end of the game, uh, final two minutes was a little bit questionable for the, for the Saints mm-hmm. and how it all unfolded. But to have a blatant call like that not go their way a year after they lose on the Minneapolis miracle when Stefan Diggs catches what is virtually an unbelievable touchdown. Uh, so I, I feel for you guys in New Orleans and Saints fans. Congratulations to the Rams. Uh, obviously you, you, you made the plays to win the game, but. Um, officiating is never a, a good thing when it determines the outcome, and that appears to be the case with this game. So let's talk about the Rams and the Saints, guys. We'll spend more time on the Saints. Jared Goff goes for 297, one and one. Todd Gurley, as we talked about, four catch, four carries for 10 yards and a touchdown, one catch for three yards. Uh, if you want to listen to more about Gurley, go back to the beginning of the show. CJ Anderson, 16 carries for 44 yards, one catch for five yards on one target. Brandon Cooks, another revenge game. He has another one on the docket with the Super Bowl. Seven catches for 107 yards on eight targets. Robert Woods, six catches for 33 yards on 10 targets. Josh Reynolds, four for 74 on seven targets. And then the tight ends, Gerald Everett, two for 50 on four targets. Tyler Higby, four catches for 25 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Anything more to say about the Rams, guys, or we can just save that for following the Super Bowl? You can save it for following the Super Bowl, but... Jared Goff looked like a completely different quarterback after the first quarter. Really after the fake, yep. after the fake punt, mm-hmm. that really changed everything for the Rams. And Goff, to me, Goff, all right, fine. The reason why the Rams probably won the game is because of that call, the, the pass interference call. But I think Jared Goff played a really good game. The stats don't necessarily, uh, bear it out because he had, 297 yards and just the one touchdown, but I thought he played a really good game. Should have a second touchdown to Robert Woods who tripped going, you know, yeah, at, at the end of the game there absolutely. in the fourth quarter. So I think they were the, I really do think that they were the better team from the second quarter on. Yep. And we'll see how they do, uh, against the Patriots. Um, for the Saints, you had Drew Brees, 249, two and one. He does, uh, say, he did say that he will play in 2019. So that's, uh, that's great news to hear for him. He just turned 40. Uh, Alvin Kamara, eight carries for 15 yards, 11 catches for 96 yards on 13 targets. Mark Ingram um, goes for big day, big day. I don't even know what I wrote down here. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll skip Mark Ingram stats. I nine carries, 31 yards and two, two catches, catches for, for six, six yards on two targets. Yes. Thank you. I wrote nine for three, 12 and six. So I thought he went off. Um, Michael Thomas, four catches for 36 yards on seven targets. Ted Ginn, three catches for 58 yards on six targets. This is the last year of his deal. Ingram's going to be a free agent this offseason. He'll be 29. Uh, Traquan Smith, one catch for 10 yards on two two targets. And Benjamin Watson did not play because of an illness. And unfortunately, that we will never see Benjamin Watson again. He's expected to retire. So let's talk about Drew Brees next year. Is there any 
thought of him being a top five quarterback going into the season. He has the chance, obviously, to finish as one, which he did this year. He passed for 3,992 yards, first time in New Orleans going for less than 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns and five interceptions. Now he did only play 15 games because he did not play in Week 17. So your thoughts on Drew Brees? Is he just a safe number one fallback option or somebody that I have to have Drew Brees on my fantasy team? No, I, I think he's the safe fallback option, but he might be the top of the quarterbacks that you would consider safe fallback options. Yeah, he is right in between that tier of guys that, man, I really want to go get him and guys that, great, I don't have to draft a quarterback until the 10th round. Yeah, yes. Like he's just right in the middle. It's going to be weird where you see I expect where he's going picked. to be good. I, I don't think with their approach outdoors, he has a chance to be the number one quarterback. Although he had, you know, some good moments in the game against yeah. Cincinnati, you know, one of those that just come to mind, but, um, he is one of those guys that, uh, as he gets older, hopefully he continues to play at a high level. That offensive line is great, and you know, the, hopefully keep that unit intact. Uh, Bushrod may retire, but that's something that we have to keep an eye on. Um, Alvin Kamara, does he have a chance to crack the top four overall? Now, it looks as if the top four are probably going to be, in some order, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. Kamara probably coming in at number five. Format, obviously, is dependent. Um, they could move on from Mark Ingram. They could bring Mark Ingram back. But as they've shown us over the last couple of years, they're not afraid to add to their backfield. We didn't expect them to draft Kamara in the third round. He's obviously been a star. We didn't expect him to sign Adrian Peterson. And they made that move. So do you anticipate them bringing in somebody else to compliment Kamara? And it, would that even matter to you if there's a second guy there? I would be surprised if they turned Alvin Kamara into a regular 15-carry-plus um, guy per week. Because he hasn't really been that for them. He's had some games with 15. Well, this is, this is, I carries. mean, again, he didn't play week 17 either. So this is essentially a 200 carry season for him and, you know, back to back years of 81 catches. So he's essentially going to be 200 and I'll say 75 total touches. That puts him, I, I think it keeps him right at five. No chance of jumping the other I, four. I don't think he jumps McCaffrey. They're, they're kind of the same guy, but we, at least we've seen Carolina commit to McCaffrey. For them to commit to Kamara, they'd have to do. They'd have to get rid of Mark Ingram. They wouldn't have to bring in another back. So if it's the Dwayne Washington, and they could end up end up being Dwayne Washington, it could end up being some undrafted guy that we just don't know about yet. Um, Maybe Taysom Hill. Well, uh, I I think that Kamara, unless they just absolutely go all in and and just make it clear that they're going to feature him, he's going to be number five overall. Yeah, or if Todd Gurley has a major procedure. Sure. He could jump those right. those, he could those are the only things. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So or five, the other five, guys have a five right now, assuming the four are fine in front of him, is the ceiling for, for Kamara. He may be behind a couple guys, too. I yeah. Mean, that, yeah, that, right. goes, that, that goes without saying as well. Which, right. by the way, makes for a pretty good number five overall pick on draft day. Absolutely. It's um, not a bad place to pick. Michael Thomas coming off an amazing season. Uh, 125 catches for 1,405 yards and nine touchdowns on 147 targets. He caught, I believe it's 85% of his... Uh, targets that were thrown to him. Um, I think it's higher than that. Why not Thomas know as the number one fantasy wide receiver going into next year? Because I think we all have in some order, uh, at least Dave as of now, Antonio Brown. But uh, Brown, I have Devonta Adams, and you have DeAndre Hopkins. Why not Michael Thomas ahead of those guys? Touchdowns? I think that's really it. And he scored nine this year, which certainly isn't a bad year, but he still hasn't had a double-digit season. And that's not saying that he can't, but it does seem like the Saints, a little bit like the Falcons, like to spread it around a little bit once they get inside the red zone. And I think that's the only thing holding him back. And what did you talk about with Drew Brees when he goes on the road? When he's outdoors, it's a different type of mindset from the Saints offense. And I think that hurts Michael Thomas's upside a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I don't think you're going to be upset with Michael Thomas on your fantasy team, but the other two guys or three guys, you know, depending on how you view it, um, touchdowns. I think for all of us, he'll be a top five wide receiver. You know. Oh yeah, uh, I, I may even have him in PPR. I think he should probably be number two. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, uh, pencil him in for 100 plus catches. Just a matter of how high he goes there, and, and we'll see if you know Ted Ginn stays healthy, Traquan Smith takes the next step. You know how they they tweak this receiving core a little bit, but. Uh, Michael Thomas is locked in, and as we know, you can't guard Mike. Um, before we get to the AFC Championship game, let's talk a little bit about Robinhood. If you're looking to, if you are looking to do some investing, we've got a great app for you, and you can get a free stock when you sign up. The app is Robinhood. The URL to go to is fftpodcast.robinhood.com. That's fftpodcast.robinhood.com. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Robinhood is a great way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. The app is really easy to use. You can track stocks that you're interested in. You can view stock collections like 100 Most Popular or social media. And of course, the best part, no commission fees. Other brokerage charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fee. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at fftpodcast.robinhood.com. That's fftpodcast.robinhood.com. All right, the AFC Championship game. Keith, you want to leave the room for this one? Or are you good? No, I'm, I'm okay. good. Okay, Patriots beat the Chiefs 37-31 in overtime. For the Patriots, Tom Brady, 348 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Again, he's going to his ninth Super Bowl. Just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Sony Michelle, 29 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I want to talk about Michelle in a minute, but I'll just run through the stats. Rex Burkhead, 12 for 41 and two touchdowns, four catches for 23 yards on four targets. James White, 6 for 23 on the ground, 4 for 49 on six targets. Julian Edelman, 7 catches for 96 yards on 10 targets. It just seemed like he was open on every crucial play. Rob Gronkowski, 6 for 79 on 11 targets. Gronk was not ready to retire. Uh, Philip Dorsett, we told you he had a chance to play well. Not the best game, but did find the end zone on one catch for 29 yards with three targets. And Chris Hogan also had some big catches, five for 45 on seven targets. So Sonny Michel has dominated the playoffs, five touchdowns in two games. He is, uh, uh, as, as much as Rex Burkhead played well in terms of his, you know, finding the end zone 12 for 41 for him, uh, this was Michel carrying this backfield once again. Why not Sony Michelle being considered as a number one running back next year, especially in non-PPR, and maybe comparing him to Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon or now Damien Williams? Is the hesitation because he doesn't catch the ball very much? Or at all. <laughs> well, and, and not just that, but he's also not guaranteed to get the goal line carries. Eight catches this regular season and postseason combined for Sony Michelle. I think, I think if Rex Burkhead moves on, Sony Michelle will probably be feature back type guy in New England where he could certainly have some weeks with big time workloads over 20 touches and working the goal line. This was his best this was his part. best road game. Uh most of his big games have come at home. Now granted young player uh again he's kind of pigeonholed into this role. I think you could see his passing game work expand a little bit but never to the point where it's going to be you know he's Alvin Kamara obviously but um he could be a 25 catch guy, 30 catch guy. I think things work out in an optimal sure. situation for him. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that obviously his last two games, 53 carries combined, at least 24 carries in each of the games. That's helped him get five touchdowns. But he's had 15 or more carries in three, four, five, six of his last eight. So you know that he can handle that feature-type sure. job in New England. That offensive line is only going to get better. They're going to have uh, – what's the rookie that got hurt? They, they took a rookie in the first round at tackle. 
and I'm just blanking on yeah, his name I know right now. You know yep, who I'm yep, talking yep. about. And uh, the kid from San Francisco replaced them. They'll yep. be back, and that line will be stronger. And I, I think he's going to be a, a huge part of this offense moving forward. And you talked about this, Heath, in terms of Brady's fantasy value, that if they don't upgrade the receiving core, let's say Gronk does retire, it's Edelman, it's Dorsett, you know, they bring in somebody, uh, mid-level type of guy that goes through the Patriots car wash and maybe becomes good but not great, they could go back to what they were in the earlier days of the Super Bowl run, which was run heavy. That's what they've been here, yeah. Especially, you know, what we've seen. I mean, look, Brady does have back-to-back, you know, 300-plus games, 300-plus yard games, and he closed Week 17 with a 300-yard game. Um, Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn, yeah. And his teammate at Georgia. So, I mean, could this be Sony Michelle as maybe, I don't want to say the best Patriots fantasy option next year, but the best best Patriots fantasy option next year? Well, who would you take ahead of him on draft day? Nobody. No one. He would be the Patriots. I mean, Edelman maybe PPR potentially. I, I don't think he would get that high, but that's kind sure. of. Sure, I think the two things that scare people off from from going after Sony Michelle is number one, the fact that he hasn't effectively caught the ball on a regular basis, sure. and two, he's a Patriots running back, and you know that it could be you know a fumble in week two, and we don't see him again until week eight. So for the Chiefs, you have Mahomes, 295 and three. Uh, Damian Williams, we talked about again. If you want to listen to more on him, go back to the beginning of the show. Uh, Tyreek Hill, disappointing game, one catch for 42 yards on three targets. Travis Kelsey did score, uh, only had five targets, three catches for 23 yards. Sammy Watkins was the big, uh, performer in the receiving core, four catches for 114 yards on eight targets. He did have a long catch of 54 yards. So for the Chiefs, I mean, I, I think we kind of know who they are outside of what Damien Williams could be, if in fact he's the feature guy. It's more, I think, for their fantasy value for 2019 is where they will go. So, What's the earliest you would consider drafting these guys? Are they all second round picks in an optimal situation? In an optimal situation, I'm taking Mahomes where I did in our last mock draft, which beginning is the, round beginning three. round three. Mm-hmm. I think Kelsey should. Is he a first round pick in PPR? Uh, he's definitely a first round pick in tight end premium, sure. which which a lot of the the high stakes leagues are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tyreek is a, a mid to late second, most likely, okay. and Kelsey's a high end second. So I want to. Um... Before we get into Sammy Watkins, just a couple scenarios. Because, again, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be a second-round pick. Maybe early third, but that's kind of the range for him regardless. Kind of that same ra- range where we're we're kind of looking at Mahomes. At least in the second yeah, draft. I, day, I think so. I think you look at around three. Tyreek Hill is going to be anywhere from probably number six to, to ten ranked. Among wide receivers. Among my receivers. I don't okay. think he's going to creep into the top five. I don't think he's going to fall past ten. So you kind of know what he is. And in a 12-team draft... Somewhere between 20th overall and 30th overall? Is that safe to say? I think it's higher before than 30th most of the time. I think between 20 Will and 25. Will it be before 20th? 18 to 26. I think that's closer. I All think right. that's going to be the same kind of range so, for Mahomes, too. I want to give you a couple, of, a couple of scenarios for Mahomes and Kelsey. So this is using our most recent draft. So would you rather have this scenario? Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes in the third round and DJ Moore in the seventh round? Or Sony Michelle in the third round and Drew Brees in the seventh round? Which combination would you rather have? Don't everybody answer at once. Well, I'm I'm kind of processing it. I think I think I'd probably go Michelle Brees. I think that that's probably the best for the bottom line of just scoring points on your fantasy team. But the biggest difference maker in the group is going to be Mahomes, potentially, depending on the regression. And obviously, Sony Michelle, as we just talked about, has a ceiling that we may not have seen yet if he decides that, he, or if they let him be more involved in the passing game. The Mahomes, DJ Moore, I don't know if you recall this, Heath, that's what you did. You took Mahomes in the third, DJ Moore in the seventh. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't actually Michelle in the third, I believe it was, but it was Breeze in the seventh. I think I just moved up. It was Marlon Mack. I don't think it would be as exciting if it was Marlon Mack. 
So that's no. why I changed a little bit. All right. Another scenario is Travis Kelsey in the second round and Kenyon Drake in the sixth. And we're talking non-PPR here, but it can be PPR as well. Or Hunter Henry in the sixth round and Dalvin Cook in the second. So we rather have the tight end premium or the running back premium here. In this case, the tight end premium. So Kelsey and Kenyon Drake. But if you change the running back, I might change my answer. Yeah, I'd rather go Cook and Henry because of the running back. Right. And Henry, again, he could get to a point where he's not Kelsey, but maybe not far off. I would take Michelle and Breeze and Henry and Cook myself just because I think their value is a little bit better for the running back in that scenario and and the running back versus receiver in the first scenario. All right, so Sammy Watkins comes off a season where he did not play the final five games, but he had 40 catches for 519 yards and three touchdowns on 55 targets. We kind of talked about him a little bit. I took him. Uh, you guys are going to spend a little bit of time on this draft on our next show on Thursday. I took him in round 10. I think he was the fourth receiver I drafted. Um, you see him going higher than that in most scenarios just based on what yes. the upside could be? Yeah, I How think, high? Round six, round seven, round I eight? Think, I think six, seven as a high-end number three wide receiver. And there, there's a lot of upside for Sammy Watkins if he could have a year where he stayed healthy. But we <laughs> don't see Sammy Watkins stay healthy very often. If he can have a year where he stays healthy, uh, if the sky is blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's obviously the key with Sammy Watkins. But you, you saw the upside. This was his best game in terms of yards as a chief. So hopefully this is something that he could build on. It seemed like he was limping around a little bit, too, at the end of the game. Probably the foot. Uh, bothering him, and we'll find out. I'm sure if there's going to be a procedure coming up for him. All right, so the answer's yes for him. Yes, seems like there's one every. Offseason. All right, so let's talk about the winningest players from 20 after 2018. Right after this, the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster. Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So the winningest players, what we typically do with this, I'll write the story on this in in a a couple weeks following the Super Bowl, is these are the players that contributed to the most wins for your fantasy team. does not necessarily mean championships, uh, but these players were on rosters that had the most the highest win percentage. Um, I know we talk about this usually year over year. It could be a little bit confusing. I understand that. But uh, these are the players that had the highest win percentage. Does that make sense in what I'm saying, how I'm describing yeah. Yeah, so, you got it? Yeah, um, So I'm going to give you the top 20 overall, and then we'll get into some of the positions. But the top 20 overall uh, highest win percentage guys are Damian Williams, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Jamal Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis, James Conner, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Adam Thielen, Jalen Samuels, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, Elijah McGuire, Zach Ertz, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Melvin Gordon, and Spencer Ware. I'll just go through again quickly. Williams, Mahomes, Gurley, Jamal Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Anderson Pettis, Connor Hill, Kelsey, Barkley, Thielen, Samuels, Kamara, Adams, McGuire, Ertz, Juju, Gordon, and Ware. And so what you hear on that list is several waiver wire guys that were added at the end of the season to successful fantasy rosters. So Damian and Jamal Williams, Robbie Anderson, Pettis, Samuels, McGuire, and Ware. I don't think we stress enough how much the waiver wire means the difference in winning your fantasy leagues. We don't. We talk about it, but I don't think, it, it, you know, people get so amped up about the draft and I have to have a good draft and my draft is the biggest key. This shows you that you can find guys late as long as you're, I mean, didn't you, was this year or last year you had a team that was a sub 500, you won a championship? Uh, it seems right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can kind of just get by and then you add the right guys toward the end of the yeah. season and it makes such a huge difference. I had one of those sub 500 team in the regular season. Then I made a run. Oh, you, with Damian we, Williams. Yeah, we, we, you beat, uh, I beat you in the championship, but, uh, right. But there was an, even another league. Okay. I guess I just absolutely sucked in the regular <laughs> season in a bunch of my leagues, mm-hmm. but there was another league where I made the championship and I won that one. But playing the waiver wire is crucial. You can't just draft and then slack off. I don't think the people listening to our show do that, but I, I again, I think it just, you know, you can, you can still be very successful as it's got to be the guys number one show secret you. to fantasy football. And it it might be. It might be a little instructive to think of it as maybe you should focus on the first four weeks of the season a little more when you're drafting. That, that that's a great point. Is you know try and get the the guys that have good schedules early and and be successful that way. And then the problem with that though is if you're successful early, you don't have the waiver claims if it's not if you're fab, not a fab right. right. So it it, it kind of hurts you in that regard. But all right, so let's go a little bit by position here. So the top five quarterbacks based on win percentage: Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston. That kind of goes to what we were just saying. The highest drafted guy of that list was Big Ben. This is going by CBS Sports ADP. He was in round six. Everyone else was round nine or later. And in Lamar Jackson's case, and I'm sure at times with Jameis Winston, waiver wire guys. So, um, again, waiting on a quarterback tends to prove itself right once again, just in terms of this particular data. Yeah, it's going to be so hard this year. Yeah, it really is. Because we've done two well, drafts. It'll be one guy. Yeah, be one guy. Right. I mean, I think you see, you know, Rodgers and Luck, at least in our two drafts, didn't go until round five. So, you know, that's... Right, but even then, you know that there's going to be great waiting quarterbacks for those later guys, on. Though. It's waiting for those yeah. guys, but you'll know before you pick those guys, wow, do I, am I really so in love with Rodgers or Luck that I can't wait to get a a breeze two rounds later or a golf four rounds later, something sure. like that. Like it's, it's going to be something that we wrestle with. Yep. It'll be uh it'll be an interesting conversation once again. And you know, quarterback just keeps getting better and better with, as we talked about earlier, guys like Garoppolo coming back healthy and we'll see what Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, Sam Darnold, these young guys are able to do in year number two. Uh, the top five running backs, Damian Williams, Todd Gurley, Jamal Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and James Connor. I want to talk about the Steelers guys for a second because we anticipate Le'Veon Bell being gone and Connor and Samuels. Do we see maybe a committee coming for those guys or is it going to be just the James Connor show like it's been the Le'Veon Bell show and the Steelers just kind of do what they do? I think it'll be Connor with a little bit of Samuels. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers know how to have a committee. <laughs> I mean, uh, true, but is Connor did enough in our minds, to solidify himself as the guy, as the Le'Veon Bell heir? Going into training camp, I think the answer is yes. It is fair to say that if Connor doesn't look sharp in training camp, and Samuels does, you know, Samuels now has a full offseason to work on his game. Remember how he didn't have a game with like 15 carries since high school, or even maybe in his life, something like that, where he never had a lot of carries? I don't remember exactly what the number was, but I know that he wasn't a very experienced running back put into a position where he has to be the featured back for an NFL team. And he did great. So I, I'm interested to see how he progresses 
And if he does really well and he goes to Latrobe next uh, July and he looks great, they they could figure out a way to make a committee out of those two. And one thing that we didn't really talk about, which could be an impact on Jalen Samuels, is the Steelers have hired their new running backs coach was the running backs coach from NC State, where Jalen Samuels played. Interesting. So, so uh, that's that is interesting. So we'll see if um, or was he the tight ends coach at NC State? He knows either Jaylen way. Samuels. He knows Jalen. He knows Jalen Samuels. So that's something to just keep in mind. And if James Conner struggles at any point, uh, we could see Jalen Samuels getting more work. Top five wide receivers based on win percentage: Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Adams. So Robbie Anderson and Pettis are two guys I think that have, as we saw, a ton of upside. How much upside, though, will you consider them, or how much value will you place on them going into next year, given that Anderson has a new coach, Adam Gase, and, and Sam Darnold getting better, and Dante Pettis, you know, hopefully uh, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. These guys that could be number two wide receivers or more number three with, you know, the, the quote-unquote upside tag next to them? I think they could both be number two wide receivers. I think Pettis, especially if they don't go at a number one, has an excellent chance to be a top 25. So if it's Goodwin, Pettis, Garcon... Or they could awful. even add somebody for Garcon and just make a, right. a good slot guy, like Adam Humphreys or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but, but wouldn't that be bad, though, for ba- Pettis? That would be bad for yeah. Pettis because he needs to be in the slot. Yeah. They can add an Does outside he? guy that's not a number one. Does he have to be in the slot? I, well, I don't know if he has His to be. His most success came when he was you know, the de facto slot guy once Garcon was out So that w- it would make sense to keep him in the slot because he's got experience there. He did that in college. Um, just I, I keep thinking about Antonio Brown going there and just oh he could ruin it just drawing up targets for Dante Pettis he'd he'd get great coverage well I mean but I don't let, know let, let's be fair we've we've seen number two guys the high end of Juju you know and and some guys you know the mid level next mm-hmm. to Antonio Brown like Martavis Bryant at times you know they, there could still be successful number two guys opposite Antonio Brown and let's keep in mind it'd be a whole new system for Brown a whole new offense for Brown a whole new quarterback for Brown so it wouldn't necessarily be like status quo for him but yeah I think Dante Pettis. Probably has the higher ceiling, although Robbie Anderson, as we saw with with what Sam Darnold showed to him, showed him if everything goes right, his ceiling would certainly supersede what Dante Pettis. Especially I'm sorry, if the I'm Jets sorry, this is very confusing add. right there. Right, especially if the Jets don't add mm-hmm. another receiver. And they you know, they already extended Quincy Anunwa, so I don't think they probably do. I think it's probably going to be Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunwa, and one other guy. That's well, mm-hmm. I don't think they're adding a number one. Well, they have a lot of money they to spend. Could so uh, and the reason why they could is because I, I think Anunwa goes back to the slot. Oh, for sure. And yeah. Anderson yeah, no, stays sure. outside, so yeah. then they would need another outside and, guy. And the hope would be is that you get, in terms of Adam Gase, you get high-end Kenny Stills numbers from Robbie Anderson and certainly what Sam Darnold started to do with Robbie Anderson toward the end of the season. The top five tight ends, based on win percentage, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Eric Ebron, and then the surprise, Cameron Brait. Of the tight ends that we're looking at, this is kind of a broad question. Is there one guy you think that cracks the top four? Because I think the top three are going to be kind of locked in. Is Ebron going to be drafted as the number four guy? Because now O.J. Howard may have a little bit of a downgrade. We don't know about Hunter Henry. Is there somebody else that you're looking at that is kind of off the radar a little bit that could be a top five tight end next year? Well, I think Henry definitely has the best chance as long as he gets through this offseason healthy. I think Henry could be he could be right up there with Kittle and Ertz. It's hard to stump for O.J. Howard. He's coming off an injury. Bruce Arians' track record certainly has not featured uh, the tight end like others, although he was in Pittsburgh when Heath Miller had some good sure. years. And, and this, so is, this I, is a much better athlete. I, I think I, I think Bruce would tell Byron Love. Remember, Bruce isn't calling the plays anymore. It's <laughs> Byron Love, which, sure. so it's going to be Bruce telling Byron what to do. I think they will find ways to make O.J. Howard a good tight end, but I don't know if it's enough to put him ahead of Hunter Henry. 
Uh, yeah. So, and, and we'll see if Ebron can uh, avoid the regression that I'm sure you're going to predict for him coming into uh, 2019. So, uh, as the as there's usually good, there's also bad. So, I just wanted to run through the bottom 10 overall in terms of win percentage, and there's probably no surprise with some of the names on this list. Duke Johnson, this is uh, in descending order. So, Duke Johnson, Jordan Reed, Sammy Watkins, Devin Funches, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Isaiah Crowell, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, and Michael Crabtree. Obviously, Brady was a, a disappointment based on where we thought he would be going into the season. Top three, top five overall quarterback. Uh, McCoy, we kind of warned you could be some red flags for him. That actually happened. Jordan Reed, health. Um, I don't think there's a lot of big surprises on this no. list. Uh, any of these guys, though, you look at going into 2019 and say, I'll buy back in just based on either history, track record, or situation? No. Maybe Sammy. But just like right. as a seventh or eighth round pick. And if Deshaun Jackson stays in Tampa or goes to a situation like he goes to San Francisco, that would be a nice fit. You know, he played at Cal, so I'm sure going back out there would be something he, he might be interested in. Could in, be. in in uh you know, going with a, a young offense. So he could have some moments and, and Crabtree also if he ends up in the right situation. I don't think if he stays in Baltimore, that's gonna be the case based on what we saw last season. So um we'll see how this all unfolds for a lot of these guys. It'd be nice to see Jordan Reed stay healthy, but at this point you can't expect that to happen. All right, let's get to some emails here. Uh this one comes to us from uh, Matt in a small town. Matt from a town in central Massachusetts. So, dear Belichick, Parcells, and Barry. Hmm. Tough one. Patriots coaches. I'm playing in a playoff challenge where you can only use a player once for the duration of the playoffs. So, basically, it was an advantage to use players on teams that lost. Going into the Super Bowl, I've already used Brady, White, Sony Michelle, Edelman, Gronk, and Robert Woods. That means he has the opportunity to use Goff, Cooks, and Gurley. Or, I'm sorry. That means he has Goff, Cooks, and Gurley locked into his lineup. Uh, so choose four from these for one run, one wide receiver, one running back, one tight end, and one flex. C.J. Anderson, Rex Burkhead, Josh Reynolds, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, Cordero Patterson, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, or James Dedlin. He also said a wild card, Johnny Hecker. <laughs> I'm sure that's a joke. All right, so uh, choose one wide receiver from Josh Reynolds, Chris Hogan, or Philip, Dor- Philip Dorsett, or Cordero Patterson. I'll take Dorsett. I'll go Reynolds. Okay, I'm going to go Dorsett also just based on what his targets have been. This is now. I think they go after Marcus Peters. He's got six games on the season with at least five targets, and four of them he's gotten 14 more PPR points, so he's been successful in that regard. All right, so pick a running back out of C.J. Anderson or Rex Burkett. C.J. Anderson. Anderson, that's the easy one. Uh, One tight end out of Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby. Flip a coin. Dave's going to make a guess. Uh, I'm going to guess on Higby. Okay, I'll see plays more. I'm going to go Everett just based on upside. Uh, flex. So I'm going to guess the choices are Rex Burkhead, Reynolds, Dorsett. Reynolds. Well, no, you already took Reynolds. So you're taking. Burkhead. How about Hogan? You're taking Burkhead? You're taking Hogan? I'll take Hogan. I'll take uh, Reynolds since I took Dorsett with the first one. All right. Next email comes to us from Dave from a city in Oregon. Uh, Eugene. Eugene, all right. Good morning, Corey, Sean, Topanga, and Mr. Feeney. Boy Meets World. There you go. Uh, first, I want to thank all four of you for the insight that helped me win my first title in my most important league, so we're glad to help you out there. He's the commissioner, so it's also bittersweet because I collected the dues and turned them into nickels. So there's 80 pounds of first-place payout in nickels on my table that I don't get to pawn off into another owner. Fantastic. <laughs> I've got a keeper question for you. Keep two in the round. I previously drafted them at... Two years penalty. So 12-team PPR, two, ri- two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex. Uh, 
What's four? Four pe- points for pass touchdown. Four points for pass touchdown. Thank you. So he's got to pick two out of Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Zach Ertz, Tom Brady, Mark Ingram, Carryon Johnson, or James Conner. Now Julio would cost him a first round pick. Evans a second round pick. Ertz a third round pick. Brady a fourth round pick. Ingram a fifth round pick. Carryon an eighth round pick. Or James Conner a fourteenth round pick. And he's leaning Ertz Conner right now. I would go carry on Connor. I think I'd go. There's no specials. It's hmm. you don't have to have a tight end, right? Two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex. Does not have to have a tight end. Carry on and Connor. Yeah, again, you can keep them. Assuming I'm reading this right, so carry on costs an eighth, a sixth round pick next year. It says two years without penalty. Oh, two years without penalty. Okay, so yeah, carry on in the eighth round and Connor in the fourteenth round. I would go that route as well. All right, next email comes to us from. Uh, Ian from a city not even in the top 30 rainiest cities. Not Seattle. even in the top 30th of rainiest Good cities? Good guess, Thanks. All right. Hey, D'Angelo, Gabe, Joe, and Robert. I was going to guess like Death Valley or something. He told us it was Seattle. Oh. Uh, D'Angelo, Gabe, Joe, and Robert. Any guesses? I don't think I know this one. All right, we'll move on. Uh, he loves the January pods. You guys are doing a great job without Adam. Uh, thank you. We hope Adam comes back soon. Uh, 12 team <laughs> half point PPR league. I can keep three players. Their cost is two rounds higher than the previous year for up to three years. Undrafted players from last year cost a 12th round pick. Uh, with 36 players being kept, it eliminates a lot of the second tier players from the draft pool, moving everybody's ADP up. With that being said, not sure if I would be able to get carry on back in the third round. So he's got carry on Johnson as one of the choices. He does have two first-round picks and two third-round picks, probably around 6 and 10. So with that in mind, would you keep Jarek McKinnon as a 12th-round pick this year, Derrick Henry as a fourth-round pick, Carrion Johnson as a third-round pick, Aaron Jones as a sixth-round pick, or Gus Edwards as a 12th-round pick? Pick two of those. I'll tell you what. I'm tempted to keep Jarek I'm sorry, keep, keep three of those. So which one are you throwing back? Well, there's five. Which I don't think we're keep, I don't think we're keeping Gus Edwards. Even no. though it's pretty cheap. I'm not keeping carry on either. For the third round pick, I think that's a little too rich. So McKinnon in the 12th, Henry in the 4th, and Aaron Jones in the 6th. I'm yeah. with you. Oh, and uh, D'Angelo, Gabe, Joe, and Robert are from the office. From the office. Okay. There you go. Adam would have gotten that one. All right. From Julian. Julian is from where, Dave? Julian is from Rapid City, South Dakota. All right. Julian from Rapid City, South Dakota. 10-team PPR Superflex Dynasty League. He came in second last year. Grade the trade. I traded Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, and the first uh, number nine overall in the 2019 draft for Jameis Winston, Hunter Henry, and a 2020 first. So I gave up Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, and 1.09 to get Jameis Winston, Hunter Henry, and a 2020 first. I think I like it a lot. I originally did not like it. Looking at his roster, I like it more. So his roster is... And remember, Superflex. So he's got Breeze, Mayfield, and Case Keenum. So he could play Breeze and Mayfield. Chubb, Tevin Coleman, Carlos Hyde, Kenneth Dixon, Ty Montgomery, Jalen Samuels, Spencer Ware, Alex Collins, Ito Smith, and CJ Anderson, running back. Hopkins, Jones, Hopkins, Julio, uh, Stephon Diggs, Marvin Jones is now gone. So the thing I like about this is he's got Hopkins, Julio, and Diggs as his three wide receivers. Right, with Anthony Miller, Josh Reynolds, and Josh Reynolds as right. well. So and yeah. his tight ends were Jared Cook and Vance McDonald. Now right. he got Hunter Henry in a, in a dynasty. So now he has Hunter Henry. He has Jameis Winston now as a third quarterback option, and he's giving up Marvin Jones and Cooper Cup. And we don't know how healthy Cooper Cup could be. And by the time the ninth overall pick comes, he may not be anybody good there. So uh, I like the trade as well. I'm going to give it a B. 
I'll go B minus. B minus. Dave will not grade it. Uh, Fitz from a suburb of Detroit. Um, is, is it Bloomington Hills? Sounds Something good like to that. me. Dear Carson, Josh, Kurt, and Jake. Those are Cardinals quarterbacks. Those are Cardinals quarterbacks. Why is David Johnson ranked so high every year? Yes, they have a new coaching staff, but it's far from proven. The offensive line is terrible. They don't have many weapons to take the pressure off of him. And the defense can't stop anyone of use, anyone to use DJ to protect the lead. He shouldn't be ranked ahead of guys like James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and even carry on Johnson next year. I think we're all kind of in agreement with that. Are we not? You taking David Johnson ahead of Connor? I would definitely take David Johnson ahead of carry on. That's about the only one. I don't think I had him ranked ahead of the other guys. I don't remember. I don't, no. I don't remember if I did either. I don't I think, think I will I in March. He did finish as a top 12 running back he last did. year. He was and also so, pretty inconsistent, if I remember. Right, but the hope would be is that Kingsbury turns things around with the offense, that the offensive line does get somewhat of an upgrade, and that Josh Rosen takes the next step. I mean, we've seen that with guys going into their second year. And, and again, I'm not going to compare Josh Rosen to Jared Goff, but think about how bad Todd Gurley was his second season and how great he was his third season when he had a coaching upgrade and an improved quarterback. So if the offensive line can get any semblance of help, I think David Johnson has bounce back material, maybe even like an angry bird. Uh, hey, Birch, Pine, Oak, and Hickory. This is Seth from Nebraska. Dave, pick a city in Nebraska. Omaha. Okay. Currently has Hunter Henry, Trey Burton, and Mark Andrews for my full PPR dynasty team at tight end. Should I try to make a move to get Kelsey or Ertz, or do you think that Henry, Burton, or Andrews can ever move into that top tier? So essentially we don't know what his team is, but would you try and – mortgage some talent at another position to upgrade from Hunter Henry to get to Travis Kelsey. I'm thinking you'd have to give up Henry plus something very good to get one of those two tight ends. Depends on what that something else is. Um, I, I don't think Burton's ever going to make it. I'm skeptical that Andrews will be a, a top tier fantasy tight end and Henry's got great potential to do it, but I'd, I'm, so basically, if you don't have to overpay, I, if you don't have to overpay, it might right, be worth exploring. Right, but the problem is with those tight ends, especially in a okay. So let's just say league, let, you're let's, let, have to let's go back to that uh, previous deal. Let's say it's Hunter Henry, Cooper Cup, and one point oh nine. If you're the Travis Kelsey owner, do you do it? You need a receiver. I'm giving up Henry Cup and one oh nine. Let's say Henry Cup, Marvin Jones, and one oh nine, all for for Travis Kelsey. Nah. I don't think so. I don't I think, think it's so got to be more than that. Unless Hunter Henry's one hundred percent, because uh, I'm going to guess he's probably a year or two younger than Travis Kelsey and. You know, you're getting two receivers, depending, I guess, to how uh, how inept your receiving core may be. But yeah, I'd probably keeping Travis Kelsey as well. All right, uh, this is Brian from a city in northeastern Pennsylvania, Susquehanna. Q Bishop Steele and Raheem. You got me. Anything? Nothing. All right. Uh, we know that Andy Dalton is not Big Ben, but assuming AJ Green is healthy, do you believe Tyler Boyd could be the 2019 Juju Smith-Schuster? Not quite the 2019 Juju. First off, he's not Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. And he doesn't have been. So, no. But it's not like Tyler Boyd was bad by any stretch. No, so I think he, he's going to be... A, right. If you're talking about... If you want to say poor man's Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that's a very fair comparison. Uh, he also has another question. Uh, do you guys believe it's time for Evan Ingram to leapfrog Sterling Shepard in offensive priority for the Giants since when he gets opportunities, he's shown to be a better threat than Shepard? You know, I thought that he would have the chance to do that going into... Uh, training camp this past season mm -hmm. and then he got hurt and I, I shied away and I, I'm, I'm worried about it being fool's gold the way that he finished this year um, not being exactly a great contributor 
I'm I'm going to take a look back and just see how he did. But I think Sterling Shepard is who he is. I think he will make occasional flash plays, but is otherwise just a a good hand yeah, I, I think type the, of short I think the question receiver. from Brian is, can Ingram become the second option in the passing game? And that's what we would hope to see because then we have another option in a position that definitely needs it. Um, so we'll just kind of wait and see. I think Ingram's going to be a low-end number one tight end just based on how the position shakes out. The upside is there. Hopefully the production follows. Uh, Bradley from Melbourne, Australia wants to know, Dear Hain, Dixon, Wilkinson, and Melada? Melada? Oh, yeah, those are all uh, Australian NFL players. Yes, uh, Heath is on point with these uh, these calls here. I play in a dynasty league with 25 roster spots each year. They keep 16 of those 25. I picked up Josh Adams from the waivers in during the season, and the future looked bright. Come playoff time, he faded away like Marty McFly and back to the future, too. What's the deal with Josh Adams? So... I'm going to guess Josh Adams is going to have to fight for a roster spot. I agree. Uh, yep. So I don't think that's going to be one of your top 16. Bradley. The best Eagles running back is probably not on their roster right now. Unless they bring back a Jai, but I would agree with you. Uh, most likely they're going to upgrade that position. Uh, this next one, our last email, DSP from Bull City, North Carolina. Wants to know. Uh, he's the reigning champion of a 14 team half point PPR keeper league. Thank you guys for your fantastic commentary and leading me to secure my first fantasy championship this year. Nice. Uh, his question is, which of the three players should I keep? Each player kept is equal to losing a first, second, or third round pick. So keep three of the following. Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, Philip Lindsay, Dalvin Cook, and James Conner. Remember, he has to give up his first three picks for three of these guys. So Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, Philip Lindsay, Dalvin Cook and James Conner. Cook and Conner for sure. And then to me, it's down to between Tyreek Hill and T.Y. Hilton. And I think if T.Y. is still the number one guy in Indianapolis, i.e. they don't bring in Antonio Brown, I'll keep him. I think I'd rather have Tyreek. You keep the same two running backs? Yeah. So Cook, Conner, Tyreek. If it's full PPR, I'd probably go Hilton. Half PPR, I think Tyreek Hill probably has a little bit more upside just given the fact that Mahomes is just ridiculous. I, I just um, worry a little bit. Hilton had a lot of injuries this year. He turns 30 next year. And didn't score touchdowns. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little – like Tyreek's going to be maddeningly inconsistent from time to time, but we just talked about how he was one of the top five most owned wide receivers on championship teams. Yeah, so uh, I think I'm with you on that one. Again, full PPR, I'd probably go T.Y. Hilton, but um, – Look, you could also consider keeping one of the running backs, keep both those receivers, and then you're in uh, in great shape as well. You have a lot of talented players. It's understandable why you uh, why you won your league. So I am out for a little bit. I will be at the Pro Bowl. I think I will talk to you guys from the Super Bowl. I will be doing the Pick 6 podcast for those of you that listen to that as well. I'll be doing that all week from Atlanta. Uh, but I'm headed to the Pro Bowl. Um, you guys will be doing a show on Thursday, and then Adam is back on Monday. I hope to talk to you from the Super Bowl. I think it will be a lot of fun. Uh, but if I don't speak to you for... Uh, for those two shows next week, I'm going to be out for a little bit, um, taking some vacation. Um, so it's been fun. This has been, uh, I appreciate you guys helping me out with Adam not here, and I appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully we didn't ruin your ears, uh, your eardrums, and this has been a lot of fun. So for Dave, for Heath, I'm Jamie. you got to go back. Na, 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 na.